Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. I'm going to read a passage of scripture today that some of uh, you might be really familiar with, but just because you're familiar with scripture today, I don't want you to treat it as cliche. You understand what that word is? To be over familiar with it, okay? I believe that this message has the power to prophetically set you on a course to God's best for you in the coming year. So if you've been around church for a little bit and you understand how I preach, I usually have kind of two ways of preaching. Sometimes I like to take a passage of scripture and then put it in this box and we kind of squeeze all of the revelation out of that particular passage of scripture. That's not what's happening today. Sometimes I take a passage of scripture and use it as a launch pad and we roll the ball down the road to see where it takes us. Today is that kind of sermon. Is that okay? Isaiah chapter 43. Turn to someone and say, are you ready? It says this in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So this is God telling people of what happened in the past. Then he says this in verse 18, forget the former things. Say, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Say a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Can we give God a big shout of praise for that incredible passage of Scripture? Today I want to preach to you on the thought, a new thing in me. Turn to someone and say, a new thing in me. What the prophet Isaiah was doing here, he was speaking to the Israelites through the Babylonian exile era. And he says to them through Isaiah that I'm about to do a new thing. So contextually, God is speaking to his people, preparing them for the exodus out of the Babylonian captivity, circa 550 BC. And to do that, God says some very insightful things. And whenever God speaks in scripture, he's actually giving you an insight into the problem in the human condition that he's addressing. God reminds them through Isaiah of what he did through his people in the Egyptian exodus, 1300 BC, right? So he's dealing with an issue, 550 BC, and he throws back to 1300 BC, talks to them about what he did in the Egyptian exodus era to remind them that he is the same God that wants to do a new thing. How many of you know that we've got the same God in 2023 just because the calendar's ticked over? It doesn't mean that God's changed. He's the same God, but he does want to do a new thing. God was not contradicting himself here in Isaiah 43. He's just giving us an insight today. And you need to catch this in 2023 on the 1st of January. This is your revelation. God doesn't change, but what he wants to do in your life does. God is unchanging, but what he wants to do in your life actually does. And here's where we have confusion because of this particular paradox. We worship an unchanging God that wants to do new things in us. God is the same, but what he's doing in you is new. And sometimes in our Christianity, the problem is we get it the other way around. We want God to change so we don't have to. Hello. We want him to change our circumstances So we don't have to change. We want him to change the people in our lives. Hello, how many of you prayed that? God, this year changed my husband. God, this year changed that person, changed that situation. And all the while, we're going to get more and more disappointed because God is not so much interested in changing your circumstances, changing the things around you. This is the crux of my message today. The thing, the new thing that he wants to do is actually in you. 
The new thing he wants to do in 2023 is actually in you. I don't know, some of y'all have been praying, God, this year, I want you to change my wife, I want you to change my kids, I want you to change my boss, I want you to change my church, I want you to change Pastor Ken. Right? But God is a God that is interested in your transformation. I am convinced that the only prayers that have a 100% answered prayer rate starts with this phrase, God, do a new thing in me. God, change me. They're the prayers he's interested in answering. Some of you are going, what? What? I'm not filling in another prayer request card, right? Because we want God to answer our prayers about changing circumstances and other people. You know why we have so many unanswered prayers? I reckon it's because we don't pray the prayers he wants to answer enough. And the kind of prayers he's answering right now, is, it sounds a little bit like this. Psalm 139, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Come on, I, I, I promise you, yes, he's interested in you getting a new job this year. Yes, he's interested in you getting a new body this year. Yes, he's interested in you, you know, getting a better husband. Yes, he's interested in you getting more well-behaved kids. Yes, 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 yes. But the prayers that is most interested in is you praying today at the start of your new year, God, would you do a new thing in me? I need a resounding amen from somebody today. You've heard me say this many times, but he loves you so much that he'll meet you where you're at, but he loves you too much, especially in 2023, to leave you where you're at. In the Bible, if you read from Genesis to Revelation, we see biblical evidence right throughout of a God that never leaves people in a static place. He always takes people groups from slavery to the wilderness to the promised land and, and, and things like that. He sees people coming out of captivity and back into the promises of God. We see biblical evidence of him doing this in individuals. That's why he changes names from Abram to Abraham, from Jacob to Israel, from Simon to Peter, from Saul to Paul. What I'm sensing for you today is this prophetic word that the new thing God wants to do for you this year is actually in you. He's doing a new thing in you, the person. God is untransformable, but you've got to understand, we are transformable. There is a reason why the Bible describes God as the potter and you're the clay. Hello. We know that in principle, but we actually like it the other way around. We want to be the potter and we want God to be the clay. We mold him year after year to become the kind of God that we would prefer to believe for this coming year because it suits us. But the Bible isn't like that. The Bible describes him as the potter and we are the clay. See, across the pandemic years, we've been conditioned to keep our eyes on circumstances. And how many of you, throughout the pandemic years, you were looking on Facebook for constantly changing circumstances? Come on, I'm not the only one. Hello, come on. We were all doing it. We were waiting for our premier or wherever you're watching this around the world, for whatever governor or authority to come up with a new thing to decide whether that day you had to wear a mask or not. Hello. Whether you, had to, you, could, you could be in groups of more than 15 or 20 or 35 or 50 or whatever random number they came up with, right? We pivoted happily, changed our routines, our habits, our behaviors. We were prepared to change and go with whatever new outward or external change was forced upon us depending on the whim of the government at the point, right? The world has conditioned us in the last three years to focus on changing external circumstance so much so that we've forgotten that throughout scripture, all that God has wanted to do was change us. 
And in 2023, he wants to do a new thing in me. See, he wants to do a new thing in you. I want you to get excited today for what God wants to do in you in 2023. Because if you're not excited about it, you won't actually let him do it. Think about this for a second. God wants to do a new thing in us. But whether he gets to do it or not, that's up to us. Hello, come on. Let me roll this further down the road for you. I reckon the reason why I am resistant at times to God doing a new thing in me is because I like to hold on to old things. I really like to hold on to old things. Man, I'm the only unsafe person in all of my re. Everybody else in the other campuses, they're with me. They're going, yep, they're fessing up, right? The Bible is actually full of, of, of examples of old and new things. But the reason why at times God can't do a new thing in me is because I am so hung up on what was. I find it difficult to let go of the old things. God wants to set me free from a hurt. But I tell you what, it feels real good to hold on to that grudge. God may want to do a new thing in me this year, but I won't let him. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, weeping may last through the night, that's the old thing, but joy comes in the morning, that's the new thing. And the reason why I don't at times step into the joy that comes in the morning is because I'm still weeping over last year. I'm still holding on to what was. God is a God of fresh starts. He's an unchanging God, but he wants to do a new thing. He's a God of new beginnings. And whether we let him do a new thing and step us into a fresh start or not, that's on us. And this is a word for somebody today. You cannot step into 2023 if you're still holding on to 2022. You can't find joy today if you're still grieving the loss of yesterday. And it's impossible, we all know this physically, to step into a new room if you're still trying to stay in the room you've always been. Today is a day for you to say, Lord, do a new thing in me. Can we give God a resounding amen? Come on. The hardest thing to do when we see where we should be is to let go of where we are. See, how many of you have small children or have had small children that you've put through the VAC swim program? Remember those days? We had to get in the pool with them, right? But when your kid was young, the first thing that you would encourage them to do was to let go of the edge to swim the three or four meters to you. And you knew that for as long as they held on to the edge of the pool, they'll never learn to swim. For as long as they kept holding on to the edge of the pool, they'll never learn to swim. They end up being the Asian tourists to get pulled in on Bondi Rescue. That's the kind of people they end up becoming. Just as a side note for every Asian parent, there comes a time when the violin lessons are not going to help you in the surf. They've got to learn to swim. To learn to swim, you've got to let go of the edge. Make a decision today that you are leaving behind what was and get a conviction that the only way that I'm going to step into all that God has for me is to allow Him to do this new thing. And if I'm going to let Him do a new thing, I'm going to be prepared to let go of what is familiar and what is old and what is behind, is meant to be behind me. For so many of us, we've known for the longest time the sense of grief, the sense of rejection, the sense of frustration that we almost don't know what it's like to have to let go of those things, that thought life, that temper, that attitude, that defeated mindset, the negative outlook, those habits, those addictive cycles, you fill in the blanks with whatever they are. 
We've got to be prepared for God to do a new thing in us. We've got to make a conviction or a convicted decision today that we're prepared to let go of those things and perceive what He wants to do for us. Come on, I need a resounding amen from church tonight. See, for some of us, the, the things that we're holding on to aren't actually bad things. They're just things that happened back then that were good, but God wants to do a new thing. It wasn't wrong for the Israelites to pass down via oral tradition the stories of how Jehovah caused the ten plagues in Egypt and and forced the hand of Pharaoh and how he parted the seas for them and snuffed out the chariots and how he provided manna for them in the wilderness, water from the rock at Rephidim back in 1500 BC. But now in 550 BC, in the Babylonian era, God was wanting to do a new thing. We might be the ones, I now know why, Isaiah wrote it the way he did because we might be the ones to say this in Isaiah 43 verse 16. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. You did it back then, God, so you're probably going to do exactly the same thing now. And yet God is saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It's not that what I did in you in previous years is bad. I'm just... Wanting to do a new thing in you. Some of you are new to Nations Church. New to Nations Church in the last three, four, five months. But you're longing for your old church. Some of you have been in Nations Church for 10, 15, 20 years. Not 20 years yet. 18 years. <laughs> but you're longing for the Nations Church of 2009 when we were much smaller. Oh, hitting the nerve now. <laughs> hitting the nerve now. Nothing wrong with what we were, it's just that God wants to do a new thing. Come on, hello. The question is, do you not perceive it? For some of us, we struggle to perceive the new. We struggle to, 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 to think about who we could be in the future because we're holding on to what was. We struggle to see ourselves as this transformed, free version of us that God wants us to become because we're still dwelling on the past. I assure you that you'll never taste what the promised land has to offer if you're too afraid to stop eating the manna in the desert. For 40 years, the Israelites struggled to become who God promised them to be. He got them out of Egypt, but they were reluctant to let Egypt get out of them. I want to suggest to you today, everyone that's watching me across all the different campuses, 2023, on this 1st of January, 2023, make a decision that you can't relive 2022. All of the triumphs, all of the fun things, you can't relive it. Neither can you go back and undo the things that you are regretting of 2022. But what you can do today is make a decision that I'm going to perceive that God is going to do a new thing. I'm going to perceive that God is going to do a new thing. Turn to someone and say today, in 2023, he wants to do a new thing in me. Is this helpful to you guys? Let me take you another step further down the road. We understand he wants to do a new thing in us. But to do that, we've got to decide today that we're going to let go of the things that we're holding on to. But what I sense prophetically in our church today, and throughout scripture we see a common thread. The conversations God has with Israelites through the timelines in the Old Testament, conversations like, see, I'm doing a new thing, cross over to the other side, you know, expressions like that, God names, name changes for different individuals. We see this non-static, forward-moving God in 
changes in people. There is something in the secret of scripture that God wants to reveal to us at the start of this year. We see even examples of someone like Joseph. When we first meet Joseph in the Bible as an arrogant, precocious 17-year-old, he's not the same Joseph we read about at the end of his life when he's bouncing his grandchildren on his knees, a very different man. Hello, come on. When we first meet a young David in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17, he's this precocious teenage boy that slays this giant called Goliath, and he's not the same David at the end of his life that stores up billions of dollars as an inheritance for his son Solomon to build the temple. We see Simon that we meet in the Gospels. He's not the same man that becomes Peter that stands in front of a crowd of 3,000 in Jerusalem and preaches and 3,000 people get saved. Hello. In the Bible, new things, new eras, new seasons, new years, new dates, they mean change, and change always means growth. And the New Testament word that is used to describe the word, what we would use in our English word, growth, is the word maturity. Can I go there today? Colossians 1.29 says this, 28. He is the one we proclaim as admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature. Say fully mature. In Christ. Verse 29. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. This is where I'm going with this. The sense I get for many of you at Nations, if you're prepared to lean into this today, is that the new thing he wants to do in you in your year this year is to accelerate your growth and your maturity. How many of you want that this year? Accelerate your growth and your maturity if you're willing. This is the picture that I saw prophetically also preparing this message this year. God, after the pandemic, is firing up the potter's wheel because that's what they did. They have to step on the spinner, right? He's firing up the potter's wheel and it is spinning. And he's inviting all of us clay to decide, do you want to jump on board or do you want to opt out? He's spinning the potter. Come on, you're out there. He's spinning the potter's wheel. Do you want to jump on board so I can shape you? Some of us are going to feel the heat of the pressure of the shaping and want to opt out. God, this is too much for me. I don't want to be that man or that woman that you've called me to be. I don't want to let go of that hurt, that grief, that, that offense. I don't want to do that. But so for some of you, if you want this year, you're going to jump on the potter's wheel. And he's going to make you into becoming the man and woman. The new thing is doing in you is growth and maturity. There are things that are awaiting you in God that you cannot lay a hold of this year unless you are mature enough to. Did you catch that? Determine that your accelerated growth in 2023 starts today. It is time for you today to say these words, Lord, do a new thing in my maturity today because maturity means growth and growth means change. Change is a sign of maturity. To do new things, there is an evidence of growth. See, when, when, when Jensen was born, all he did was cry, drink milk, and poo. That was the extent of his existence when he was born, and we loved it. We loved him, right? But over time, he started to crawl. He started to sleep longer. How many of you are so grateful when your kids start to sleep a little bit longer? Before I knew it, it's like I blinked and he started to walk, pull himself up, grab things. He started to talk and run and write and read and count and start kicking the ball. He started to ride a bike. He started to give me attitude and back chat. Remember that season of your life? He started to independently get himself to school. Then he started doing exams and then he started driving a car. He's off to uni this year. It's been one new thing after another. Things have changed greatly in our household in the last 18 years, 
But it's welcomed and expected because change in Jensen was evidence that he was growing. Come on. Growth is the evidence of maturity. We know this in the natural, but we don't always apply it in the spiritual, especially to our inner world. The lack of new things in us is actually evidence of the lack of growth, lack of maturity. If you couldn't handle correction and feedback and got offended last year and you still can't handle it at the end of this year, you haven't grown. If you were just as offended 2019 as you are right now, then you haven't grown. If there are things that got you down, that almost took you out, the challenges and trials that were a big deal to you 18 months ago that are still as big a deal to you come the end of this year, then you haven't grown. My prayer for you is that there's going to be an accelerated sense of growth. There's going to be an evidence in you that come the end of 2023, you say, "Ah, that would have taken me down two years ago, but this year I am stronger now. I have a greater level of faith. That's the kind of man and woman I... Come on. That's my prayer for you today. This stuff is going to set you up for the year. Let me explain to you what maturity looks like, the way Paul sees it in the New Testament. Firstly, maturity is God's goal for you. Every year, he wants a new level of maturity from you. I don't know what your goals are for 2023, but I can tell you what, they're going to be greater than just losing five kilos. It's going to be greater than just whatever simple goals that you got that are good. But first, you need to understand that God's ultimate goal for us is that there are new levels of maturity that we step into. Secondly, God charges leadership to present believers as fully mature. It's biblical. You've got to understand, I don't know what you think my job is, right? But number one at the top of my job description should be this, to present the church fully mature. That's my job. That's what I'm caught. You're not clapping now because you thought my job is to have coffee with you. I'm happy to, but that's not my job. Some of y'all think my job is to listen to your problems. I'm happy to, but that's not my job. What the Bible asks me to do is to present you fully mature, to which Paul says, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works for me. In other words, I will work till my fingers hit the bone to make sure that the church is presented as fully mature. Thirdly, thirdly, when it comes to maturity, you've got to understand that you age by nature, but you mature by intention. You age by nature, but you mature by intention. Don't become older another year this year, but stay just as immature. Because maturity has nothing to do with your age, but everything to do with the decision you are making today. God, would you grow me? God, would you put me on the potter's wheel? Even if it means that I'm spun till I'm dizzy. Even if it means that you're wetting that clay and you're putting pressure on it to kind of kind of pinch the waist a little so there's shape and form so I can be a vessel that you can use. My prayer for you today is that there is a, there is a decision that you're making today to be mature. Ephesians 4 verse 15. Paul says this, I'm going to speak the truth in love to you, Ephesians Church, so that we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. Wouldn't it be tragic this year to grow older, but not grow up? Come on. So many of us, we grow old, but never grow up. Never grow up in God. There's a reason why the Bible isn't just 66 books full of sayings and 
clever quotes. Most of the Bible is full of characters, real people that have determined that they were going to grow in God. They lived their lives. They started off one way, but by the end of their lives, they become or step into the things God wanted them to step into. The Bible is full of characters that communicate and demonstrate to us that we have a dynamic God that is always on the move, that is not static nor stagnant. He's unchanging in nature. He's not, he's not static in activity. He's the same in yesterday, today, and forever in authority and power, but he's not the same in what he wants to do in and through us through the seasons. Decide today that you're going to say yes to God to do a new thing in your growth, in your maturity. Why am I so big on this? Why am I sensing this for our church? Because there are some things that God has already prepared for you in 2023 that I know that he won't allow you to lay a hold of unless you have the maturity to lay a hold of it. That's why. That's why. I don't know if my big boy Jensen is here in the room, but I can't speak highly enough of his maturity. He's, he's a remarkable 18-year-old. When he started to learn how to drive, I did not lose one ounce of sleep because of the maturity that he demonstrated. I could see the way that he handled the car. I could see the way that he handled the road, his awareness. And on the day that he passed his driver's exam, I had no qualms of handing him the keys to a six-liter car, a very highly powerful car, 200 kilowatts power. I have no qualms handing him the keys to a powerful car because I knew that he had the maturity to handle it. Isaiah, different story. (laughs) Why is that? I'm making a point. There are some things, some anointings, some callings, some levels of influence that so many of you have, some of you are watching this across the screen into different campuses. There are things, there, there are things that God has, has pre-prepared beforehand for you to carry. But he won't let you carry it unless you're prepared to be mature enough to carry it. Some of you, your prayer of your heart is, God, give me this. God, give me that. You want the outcomes and the rewards of maturity without ever wanting to do the hard yards of getting there. Some of you are saying, God, I want to see signs and wonders. God, I want to lay hands on sick people so they'll recover. Really? If you really had that kind of power, could you handle it? God, I want to preach to people. I want to see them just just convert. and, And I want to see lots of souls saved. Really? If you could preach and thousands of people get saved, could your ego handle it? God, I, I, I want to I share my faith. God, I want to have this kind of... God, I want to steward this much money this year. Really? If God were to put those millions of dollars in your hand, could you handle it? We want the keys to the high-powered vehicle, but we don't want to have the maturity to drive it. The reason why God wants to do a new thing in your growth and your inner man and your maturity this year is because... What I've observed about the church in the pandemic years is that we've been more caught up looking at external change than addressing the inner change. But the new thing that God wants to do is not in your circumstance, but in you. Throughout scripture, the new things that God has always wanted to do was not in changing necessarily the circumstances surrounding the Israelites, even though that was part of it. What he wanted to do, mostly the new thing, was in them. Sure, they came out of slavery to the wilderness, to the promised land, but it was the transformation in them that mattered most to God. Is this helpful to you guys today? Musicians, you can join me. I feel this prophetically for our church. This is going to mean something to someone listening to this today. You cannot navigate the challenges of 2023 with 2022's revelation. 
And for some of you, 2022's revelation was already running real thin. But you cannot navigate what is coming your way in 2023 with 2022's level of faith. You cannot win spiritual battles that are coming in the next 12 months with the level of faith of previous years. And you cannot face the giants of 2023 with 2022's maturity. My prayer for us today is that you will say yes, firstly, to God doing a new thing in you. Secondly, for Him to do a new thing in you, you've got to let go of what was. I may be challenging some old paradigms today. I may be challenging some old mindsets. I may be challenging some ways of doing things. But that's okay. Because there is a perceiving of what God wants to do that He's opening you up to this year. But thirdly, for so many of you, the invitation is to say yes for Him to do a new thing in your growth, in your maturity, in an accelerated manner in 2023. Because what He has in store for you is going to require you to take those steps toward it. Is it helpful to you guys? Thanks for listening to the Nations Church Podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.